0: Hello, I'm Suzette Shamoon. I'm a psychologist and cognitive hypnotherapist, and this is my podcast, Hand Baggage Only. In this series, along with an array of guests, I'll be examining the emotional baggage that builds up and clutters our lives due to the complex nature of our life experiences and relationships with those around us. When is a friend truly no longer a friend? How do our friendships change when our life circumstances do? And why do those around us not always act in a way which we would want or expect them to? And why don't we? We'll explore these questions and more together so that we enter our friendships with hand baggage only and leave room for stronger, more authentic friendships to grow. Hello and welcome to the show. Today's episode is... Very personal and close to my heart, as today I'm going to be speaking to my own daughter, my youngest daughter, Gabriella. Now, this conversation came about because she was struggling at university last year socially in the way that so many students do. And as a therapist who's worked over the last 10 12 years with, Uni students, uh, young adults, and children. I know that this is a conversation which often takes place behind closed doors between parents and their children, but not often enough in the social world. And so I spoke to Gabriella earlier and have a listen to what came out of our conversation. This episode is an unusual one for me because I've got my daughter Gabriella. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and two weeks ago, Gabby plonked herself on my bed and said, and you told me, mummy, it's so weird because no one ever talks about friends and friendships and I've struggled. And last year I was struggling and it was only when I actually spoke to a friend did I realize that what I'm going through is normal and I'm going through stuff again this year. And again, I feel alone. But I'm starting to think that maybe I'm not so alone, lots of people are going through it. But again, no one talks about it, so Goebbs today, you're here as my guest, so that you can talk about it, so that you can unpick and unpack the things which people of your age might be going through, or at the very least, the things that you're going through, right? So what I thought we'll start with is we will just launch in by discussing where you're at in your life, if you want to just share with me how last year impacted on you, you went off to uni, you were living in halls. It was your first year at uni. What was it like meeting people after, admittedly, a very weird two years prior because we had COVID and you were in lockdown and so you, you were living in your bedroom? Not much has changed. <laughs> okay. But, but that little gap where you went to uni... Tell me a little bit about that.
1: It was a really fun experience overall. It was really strange living out the house, um, going from living with three sisters to people that I didn't know, which was pretty daunting. But the nice thing about it is that everyone doesn't know anyone else. Everyone's there to make friends. So for the first few months, it was just exciting. And you go out and you meet loads of new people. And it's lots of fun, like socializing all the time, especially, as you say, after the pandemic. But then... Around January, I think, so three, four months in, I started finding it really difficult. I think that there's a sort of stereotype of what you should be doing when you're at uni, of like the uni student who's out partying, like meeting a hundred people, making loads of friends, also making loads of really close friends, like these are meant to be your friends for life. And I just didn't feel like I had that experience. And... Over the next few months, I was finding it really difficult to keep up with all of the social activities, both in my halls and eventually even just speaking to people in my classes. And I sort of started to detach from people. Eventually, I moved home and I felt a lot better, but I still felt embarrassed because everyone else I knew was living in halls. And for a long time, I didn't tell people that I had moved home because. I was afraid they'd think differently of me. And eventually I sort of hit breaking point. I was speaking to someone at an event and they were telling me that they were really confused about this girl that they knew who was always like going home like once or twice a week and they thought it was so silly and like, what a shame she was not making use of the whole uni experience. And even though she wasn't talking about me, I was like, oh, okay, so that's that's everything that I was afraid of that this person is talking about. And actually, that's their problem. Like, I'm not in the wrong for, for feeling the way that I did or having the experience that I had that was maybe not the norm. And I started speaking to a few of my friends about it. I told them about how I just couldn't keep up socially in uni. Generally, I'm, I'm a person that really likes my space as well. So I think that also has an impact. Being an introvert where I was living in halls on a floor, sharing a kitchen with 15 people is pretty difficult. I just didn't expect people to understand that. I thought that you were just meant to go off and have fun. And it was when I started speaking to my friends saying, I actually don't really like going out that much. And I don't feel like I've met really close friends. I haven't really connected with that many people or... I'm not really a social butterfly. I don't want to be going out all the time. And even the people who, you know, were posting on their Instagram about all their nights out and stuff, they were saying that they'd felt the same. And I was really surprised because no one else had brought that up to me. Even my closest friends, no one speaks about it. You know, if you ask people how they're doing, they're always just like, yeah, I'm really good. I I went out and I had fun and whatever, but no one ever talks about the bad stuff. It was only when I started saying it that other people could admit that they felt the same. Yeah, I think since then I've just been more open with my feelings and it served me better. But I'm still, as you say, I'm still just annoyed because for as much as I'm happy to talk about it, a lot of people aren't. But okay, so
0: you and I have discussed friendships throughout your life (laughs) and... We've always had these discussions, I think, because of the work that I do and the the fact that I've worked with tons of children and young adults and been through my own journey, you know, which parents do, right? We project onto our kids all the time because we don't want you to suffer in the way that we've suffered and all of that stuff, right? So you and I have had this amazing ability to sit down and talk about you and your needs. And from when you were a child and, and tiny, you were always the kid who needed time alone. You were the one who needed time out, right? And it was only when I trained in psychology that I worked out that, oh, she's an introvert. And that means that she gets drained when she's with people. It's about energy, right? You you need that time alone. You can be with people, you can be the life and soul of the party. But after you know a couple of hours, you also need to go and hide in a cave and <laughs> be left alone by everyone for yeah. at least a week Um, you know we all have our limits (laughs) (laughs) no but it's good that you actually recognize that but what I find interesting with you is this is something that you've been aware of for years we've discussed it but going off to uni it's almost as if when you describe it to me now listening to you it's as if you forgot that part of yourself when you got to uni that's what I'm hearing from you is that you got there and all of a sudden you bought into that social pressure
1: yeah you feel like you have to be someone you're not and it's it's all around you. I think everyone feels that way in a sense. So yes, <laughs> I, I was kind of pretending to be someone I'm not because almost as a survival strategy, you need to make friends to you know just generally mm. enjoy yourself. you don't want to be going to all of your classes alone. you don't want to be eating all of your meals alone, not have people to hang out with. So I think everyone in a sense has to become a bit of an extrovert when they start uni. but I think, I just did not manage to find a balance. And that was probably the biggest problem.
0: If you were to replay this whole experience all over again, let's say, because you, you left uni last year, right? You you did the year and then you left. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you were to go back to uni, if you were to remember the lessons that you've taken from your first experience, do you think you'd play it differently? Um, I think I would. I would definitely,
1: maybe value time with myself more from the beginning because i think i kind of socially burnt out quite quickly mm. but at the same time because of the situation living with 15 people that's going to be intense no matter what and that kind of environment doesn't suit me so i probably would have had a better time but i don't i don't
0: know that i necessarily would have thrived either way but is there a place for introverts at uni in the sense of what if you were to tell people I can't do this I can't if you were to be more open with the people when you meet them is that possible that's a very good question
1: (laughs) I think it could be I know that there was one person in my halls who I talked about being an introvert with, and um there were lots of evenings where you know, after everyone be hanging out and talking in the kitchen for hours, he'd just be like, okay, I'm done. Bye. That was something really nice to see other people being able to own it. I think it, you know, there are understanding people out there who would get that not everyone is able to be socializing as much as everyone else, but it's really hard to start the conversation because of all the pressure. So theoretically, yes. And definitely if there were people that you knew and were comfortable with and you know i'm sure most people be very respectful about it but at the same time if everyone else is conforming to that norm of going out all the time then you kind of get left behind yeah and it's it would be difficult to keep up that level of friendship when your way of keeping up a friendship is not the same as what everyone else is doing
0: I get that. But okay, so tell me about that guy who would come into the kitchen and then after 15 minutes leave. How did people respond to him?
1: I think they were fine with it, to be honest. Okay. It was, it was definitely me. It was definitely my fault in part that I
0: I didn't have the the courage to do the same. It's not about fault because what you're telling me is it's almost as if you've got one story for yourself and one story for, for this guy, right? It's I'm not able to to do that because I'm worried people will judge me and I might get left behind. But then you've told me that it worked out for for somebody else in your hall. And I'm trying to work out why. Why is it one story for you and not one for him? Is it just a story you're telling yourself because you're scared, because you're afraid of not being a part of it, because you're worried that you won't make those bonds. And so you're pushing yourself beyond your limitations or is it because there was something about that guy that made it easier for him I think a
1: large part of it was was on me and as I said before just not not balancing things out from the beginning I don't know that there was necessarily anything about him in particular that made it easier for him other than that he probably was better at, at balancing out his time and I remember towards the end like I would literally avoid eating in the kitchen pretty much at all costs like these sorts of things were never really an issue for him but I don't think it's that he had it easier for any particular reason other than I must have just succumbed to the pressure more
0: which is all I want you to be aware of right Mm -hmm. just the stories we tell ourselves if you're telling yourself that you have to be a certain way and you have to be a certain person to be accepted to, to make friends to make good friends You need to look outside and see other people who who stray from the norm and do well in life, as opposed to the people who stray from the norm and don't. (laughs) Because we always look for the ones who don't, and it's like, well, I don't want to be like that person. (laughs) That really is the most important thing, is look for those successes. You see, for me, it's easy to say, right? Because I'm older, I've lived life, I'm a bit more established. So it's easy for me to look at you and go, well, why wouldn't anyone want to be friendly with you anyway? You're perfect. my gorgeous. Okay. (laughs) You have to say that. (laughs) Definitely on air, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pretend not to be offended. (laughs) But what I fear about with you is if you're sitting there trying to succumb to the peer pressure, you're not going to find the people who love you for you. You're going to find the people who love you for the projection of you that you're putting out into the world, right? Now, if you are out every night because that's what you feel you have to do to make friends, then you're going to make friends with the people who are out every night. But that's not your people. And I need you to find your people. And your people will probably be the ones who are not out every night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want you to be afraid to look for those people they tend to be the quieter ones that
1: and i think i've become better with that as well because the program that i was on last summer i became friendly with some people they were literally here last night (laughs) and they're also a bit quieter it's not that we're all hermits and none of us go out or or you know anything like that and have fun but they're also quieter and i guess in comparison to, to some of the other people on the program and we wondered over the fact that in the evenings during the program like some people would go out to the clubs or people would sit down and have a drink with each other and we were always playing board games we were always always playing rummy cub and there were tournaments like most evenings (laughs) and that that's how I found my friendship group a lot of people weren't doing that they're both equally valid it's just whoever's more suited for you I guess (laughs) which I love and it's hilarious because you don't see them that often. <laughs> no, it's because it's because they don't live in they don't live in London because they're at uni and other places. So we meet once a term and we have and we have a board games night at the end of each term. And it was so funny yesterday when they were leaving, they are like, Okay, see you next term And that's that's kind of it. And we don't even speak that much in between. There's there's the occasional like little like, oh, hi, how are you, whatever? And that's pretty much it. But still every time that that we regroup, it's it's still a lot of fun.
0: So you lived in uni mm-hmm. with a bunch of, of people your age. You socialized with them. You saw them every day. You saw them at mealtimes every day. Do you feel closer to these people who you see once a term than you do to those people who you lived with on a, and saw on a daily basis, interacted with on a daily basis?
1: I'm not sure that I would say closer, mm-hmm. but potentially more comfortable. Okay. To be close with someone, you have to speak to them a lot. <laughs> and as I said, the people from my program... we we don't speak very often. Whereas the people in my halls, we did. And it it was all talking, which is, you know, a nightmare as an introvert. I would say at the time I was probably closer to the people that I lived with also, you know, living with them. But yeah, it was weird, like right after I left, I realized that some people I actually just didn't, and not necessarily just the people in halls, but other people that I'd met while at uni, I didn't really like them that much, or I was speaking to them. It's not that they—they—they're not. None of them are bad people. It's just that I didn't really click with them as thought as much as I thought I had. And you know, people be messaging me, or I'd be speaking to people, and I'd be like, "Wow, I actually really don't have that much in common with you," or "I don't really connect with you as much as as much as I thought." But it's not that I wasn't close to some of these people. I think that just once I had owned my stuff and remembered more about myself, I realized that I wasn't as comfortable being close with them.
0: Okay, so now let's move on to now. What's going on with you now? Because you left uni last year and you've done this whole life shift. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You've gone from (laughs) being changed. (laughs) From being a chemistry student to an art student,
1: <laughs> so already. Yep. Not not just an art student, at sixth form. Yeah. I'm in my
0: third year of sixth form. <laughs> so Yeah, because three A-levels wasn't enough. You've gone back to do... I'm doing my fourth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Another one. Endless studying.
0: <laughs> and so you're in this really weird place, which is unusual and not the norm, right? For, for anyone your age, where you've gone back to school. <laughs> you're you're mm-hmm. in with people who are two years younger than you? Yeah, two years. Two years younger than you. And all of your friends are off at uni still. I mean, you live in London, right? So you're not the only person of your age who's not at uni. Yeah. Right? For sure. Okay. But talk to me a little bit about your life experience now. How are your friendships, the state of your friendships? What's it like with all of your friends who were your friends Mm -hmm. and are your friends are at uni? So what's that like for you, being the one who isn't? Um, I'm not gonna lie, there was
1: quite a lot of insecurity at the beginning. Even just telling people that I was going back to sixth form, because that is literally, in a sense, going backwards. Mm. Although for me, you know, it's going forwards and I'm progressing, but I have to start from the beginning, you know, all that stuff. Yay! Yay! (laughs) You finally see it! (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, now I do. But definitely at the beginning, telling people I was going back to sixth form was really awkward. And people would ask me what I was doing this year. And I'd say, oh, I'm, I'm going to a college. And they'd be like, oh, really? Which one? And I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. you know, give them the name. And they're like, oh, the sixth form college. And I'm like, yes, the sixth form college. And they're like, oh, you're doing A-levels. And I'm like, yes, I'm doing A-levels. Like, not not something I'm massively proud of. But it's not because you failed your other A-levels. No, I know. I, I did pretty well in this. <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> it was really awkward. I think I was very aware of the fact that I was not at Union. And- basically everyone else that I know is. I wouldn't necessarily say I was left behind because it was my choice, but it was just uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable not doing the thing that other people do. And I think you can also tell just by having conversations with people and they don't really know how to approach it. So after I tell them, yes, I'm at sixth form, I'm doing A-levels, whatever. Normally, when you hear that from someone, you're speaking to like a kid and you speak Mm. to them like they're a kid, but I'm not. I'm an adult and people find that weird. I don't think anyone's necessarily judging me, but it's just very weird. And yeah, like the structure of my time is not the same. Mm. And the way that I'm learning is not the same. And in terms of socializing, I'm not learning with people who are my age. I don't really see people who are my age unless I go out and make the effort to see the friends who I already have. I don't really relate very much anymore to people who are at university just because my experience this year was so different.
0: When you were talking earlier about you felt this social pressure that you had to go out and go to clubbing and party in the evenings with your friends because that was what you needed to do to be socially accepted. Is there even more of that pressure for you to be socially accepted because you you no longer have that common ground of we're studying in the same way and the same subject even Mm -hmm. do you feel more pressure on you honey i know you so well right i'm your mum, and i know that it doesn't take much for you to feel bad about yourself and make yourself no thanks (laughs) (laughs) no but but like all of us right we all do it we all are really really good at talking ourselves down does it stop you from making friends now the fact that you have two strikes against you the one that you don't like going out too much and you aren't studying in the same way doing the same thing I think it comes back to
1: what we said before I don't think that it's harder to make friends I'm more aware of sort of specifically finding people who are more like me because because we have so little in common now you know I don't study the same thing as you I'm not, I'm not even studying at the same level. Maybe I don't really like going out that much and other people do. You're kind of forced <laughs> to connect in a different way. And I think that that was actually a very good thing for me. Um, so I don't think that it is harder to make friends. I think it's harder in the sense that because there are two things that could work against me that rules out a lot more people sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's not a bad thing like i'm i'm still able to make friends i'm still able to (laughs) to do that you just you don't bond over we go to uni and we go out which is you know not really the things i would value most in myself anyway so
0: i love that because when i think of who you were five years ago you struggled more right oh yeah hate a school (laughs) (laughs) you struggled in your friendships and it was you struggled to own who you were and you, you really Cried a lot
1: (laughs) yeah Um, I was a teenage girl yeah you really were
0: oh my god you really were Um, (laughs) but you've really come a long way because it sounds like you're really owning who you are and actually more comfortable in yourself which is going to make it easier but I see you and I know how hard it's been the past year finding your place in life not just socially but just finding your place you know you, you've made this massive, yeah. massive shift <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like okay now I'm going to explore this creative side I know I'm an artist but you need to find your voice you need to find your mode of expression I mean you've got this massive shift happening in your life at every single level but having you sit here today and tell me but I know who I am it kind of you know more at least yeah a you, bit more you, you, well you're owning yourself how is that impacting on you going out there trying to make friends what are you doing now that you wouldn't have done five years ago do you see the difference
1: yeah no I definitely see the difference <laughs>
0: okay. I do see the
1: difference for sure as you said I've really struggled at school and it's not that I didn't get good friends out of it I did yeah you do, um, friends. I, do. I have some really really good friends I'm very lucky but I think it was more like having a friendship group. It wasn't that there was necessarily drama. It was just always changing. Actually, that's interesting. What <laughs> you've never really been a friendship group girl. No, I much prefer to see people one on one, or in like a small group. Yeah. But if there's if there's more than like I don't know, like eight people in a room, like eh, I just you know that's how you're gonna actually get to speak to anyone.
0: <laughs> but also, you've never really liked the whole. F- f- These are my friends. And we all travel on in a pack pack. (laughs) yeah right it's do you think it's that that you've taken the pressure off yourself to be part of a particular social circle probably
1: yeah and I think that's also partly being drawn out of a circle I'm not in a uni circle I'm I'm in sixth form but like I don't really connect much with with them and I guess all the other circles that I was part of I wasn't really part of many to be honest it's mostly uni and maybe a couple societies but even those i i don't really keep up with anymore but the people that i do know from them who i like are the people that i still speak to i don't yeah i guess i just don't really mind like not not really being in a social group like as long as i i have friends and i see them why should it matter if it's in a group or not
0: so fine. i never thought of it until now but that's i think that's what you struggled with when you were younger was you needed You've... everyone else is in a group at school yeah. you know
1: that's that's the way that it works, and there were actually like people who I would be friendly with outside of my friendship group. Some of my closest friends now are actually friends who I had outside of my friendship group from when I was younger, which just goes to show like you know I'm sure for some people a friendship group is really important, and they like having however many people who they know are their close friends. but I'm kind of happy just you know floating
0: around <laughs> finding whoever. And when you look at your sisters, because you've got three sisters, everyone is so different in this house. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that impacted on you in any way? In the way you perceived who you should be, what you should be doing? Because, I mean, look, let's face it, you, you you don't have one mother, you've got four. Um, <laughs> and everyone has, has parented you in this house. And I know that your sisters have lovingly come to me and said, you know, Gabby needs to do this and Gabby needs to do that. Really? Because I don't feel like I ever had that much pressure from them. Yeah, no,
1: I'm. I'm really, really. (laughs) That's great. They gave it all to you, not to me. (laughs) But yeah, no, because I don't think I no, I don't think I ever felt pressure from them. I think if anything, because I would ghost them if I was really upset or if something had happened or if I, you know, something went wrong, and they were always really supportive and would would validate me. And if anything, it's you guys, my my immediate family that have made everything a lot easier. You know, even when. Big family functions where I've been like really drained and just needed time to myself, and you know other relatives might have thought I was being a bit rude for not interacting with them as much. And you, you guys always stuck up for me. So no, I did. I never, I never felt any any extra pressure from my sisters. It didn't. It didn't make it worse at all. I think I saw what other people were doing, and I think at times when I was feeling really low, and it didn't help having it you know in my face but that's that's not their fault they didn't they didn't do anything bad.
0: How did you get to where you are now? What do you think? It's a, was a very the big thing? question. <laughs> uh, what do you think made the difference to you? I think just experiences that really push you and
1: test it and stuff like that and also you you've also been a part of that like my mum has always sent me on summer camps and been pushing me to to go and do extra classes and extra stuff like that to you people every day yeah yeah, no i I hated most of them i hated like at least 80 percent of them i i'm not a summer camp person like i don't have like spirit do you understand the
0: guilt (laughs) of receiving those phone calls why did you send me mommy why did you do this to me (laughs)
1: well this is your this is your gratification i finally understand what you're doing now And as much as I really did not enjoy any of those experiences, I still learned from them. You know, I think with every time that you're in a in a place where there's social pressure and everyone is socializing and making friends and I don't know, there's like high drama and everything's really fast paced. And you're just sitting back like, I really don't care or I don't relate to these people. It just reaffirms who you are and every time you can remember that and bring that to the next experience so that instead of being a bit uncomfortable you can just you know be fine with it and look past it it makes it easier and I'm sure that definitely uni was a very big part of that for me
0: I love that I love that you're actually able to see that because I know that currently life hasn't been ideal for you right socially your friends are all at uni meeting people has been
1: it's a bit difficult because the main way that I have been trying to meet people is um, through student events the same sort of events I was going to last year because that's where most of the people my age are and I've been to quite a few and there are there are some really lovely people there and I don't know maybe if I went more often that would also help to be fair but I still think there's still that disconnect of this is a student event for people who are at university all sharing that sort of experience in your head i don't know that's in your head i well
0: this is what i'm saying i'm not perfect i haven't completely overcome it no but there you go so you're doing it again hon You're, you're doing that thing where you tell yourself you don't fit in because and you're looking for reasons why you don't fit in rather than looking for the reasons why you do
1: but it's not always that it's that when you go to these events and you meet people, they'll say, like, oh, come out with us and come do this thing. It's never like, let's just go get a coffee and
0: relax. <laughs> it's. But is that because... You're being led by them. I mean, have you tried doing that? How about you being the one who says, you know, do you mind if we just go for a coffee? It'd be fun to just get to know you, talk to you. But oh, I know, I'm... okay, no, no, no. you met don't... me? No, I know. <laughs> No, but that's exactly it. I'm very shy. <laughs> no, but that's it. But that's exactly it. You, you're stopping yourself. If you don't engage with people in your way and you keep allowing them to lead you, you're not going to get the kind of friendship that you want from them.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing... This is going to sound really bad to say, is that at some of these events there are people who are just who are outside of the outside of the norm, but are also some of them are a bit strange. You kind of don't want to be. I don't. I don't mean no, it it's in a okay. bad I was way. one of
0: the strange kids. So <laughs> I <go> just on. <laughs> you
1: know I don't particularly want to be one of the strange kids.
0: Okay, we're going to break that down because I can't. So you talk about the kids who are slightly different to the average kid, right? You are one of those. But the thing (laughs) is, is everyone is one of them. This is just it. This is what drives me so mad because my friend James who said you know he went to high school and and it was like heathers okay he said you had the popular kids you had the, the the this kid the, that really? kid. right right okay fine so everyone wow. has this okay everyone has that life experience yeah um so i work with loads and loads of kids right I've, I've been working as a therapist for so many years and i see the popular kids i see the the kids who describe themselves as you know the nerdy ones i've had the ones who describe themselves as the the sciencey ones i've you know it's unbelievable They're there is this underlying insecurity of I'm but I'm really different to everyone else, no one really knows I need to play this role, I need to be this person, and so what you're describing is, as you know, there are those kids who are a little bit that I don't think they're the strange kids, I think that just the kids who are a little bit more comfortable being themselves, yeah.
1: And it's definitely more that, right? It's definitely not that they are actually strange, I think that they are branded that way sometimes, okay, so by people who don't understand them,
0: right? So you're afraid of being branded, yeah. Who isn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. No, totally. I still live like that. I get it completely. Okay. But the more you carry on fearing the branding and the more you don't engage with people in the way that you want to engage with them, the more you perpetuate that cycle of, of misery because you're not meeting the people you want to meet. You're not going out in the way that you want to go out. You're, you need to start owning, you know, and look, you live with me, you know I'm odd. (laughs) In the best way possible. Yeah, in the best way possible. But I am, I'm odd. I know I'm different, um, but everyone is different. And it's just that thing of, I embrace my difference now. It's taken me 40-something years. Very encouraging for me. (laughs) (laughs) 20 more years to go. I know. Halfway there. You got the odd genes, baby. Um, And it's that thing of, I am happier now because I'm no longer trying to live that role and... I did it for years it was exhausting I was miserable didn't enjoy it didn't really have good friends and the good friends that I did have when it came to it I worked out weren't really the kind of friends I needed in my life because when the facade broke down and I actually started living like me we weren't aligned anymore and I think that's what I'm trying to teach you as your mom is you need to really own yourself and uh, like celebrate your oddness and be odd and if people think you're strange, that's fine. Those people, they're not your people anyway. You just, I know, I know you've yeah, heard this so I many know, times, when I I know, <laughs> mad, but, but you'll be happier and you will find those two, three good friends that you're looking for who really love you for you, who really support you for you. But what's stopping you is you, it's not the choice of people out there.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. And I I remember that sometimes, <laughs> just not not all the time.
0: Okay, so we're just gonna brand it, tattoo it on your arm <laughs> when you go to these social events. Oh so yeah, that don't be afraid really help to invite people up for coffee instead of going clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's that you know you've seen it with your sisters, you've seen it with other friends as well. The more authentically you live, I hate that word because it sounds so new age, but it's it is true. The more you live like you and you just. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, people will love you for you. And those who don't, it's okay. They're not your people. Wise words. All right. We're going to wrap it up now. Moving forward. You told me you wanted to be able to speak about your life experience because you want others to know that it's okay to be themselves, right? Mm hmm I guess the thing that I want to leave you with, the only way other people do it is if you do it as well. It's kind of that interplay between everybody if everyone starts living as themselves and accepting themselves and valuing themselves you invite others in to accept you and value you but if you're not doing that for yourself first you're putting out into the world this version of yourself that's not real and then you just you end up feeling the way you've been feeling
1: yeah I get that and I've I've definitely seen that as well as I said I had no clue that other people had felt the way that I felt in until I had started speaking about it so i definitely agree
0: okay baby i love you so much thanks for
1: doing this love you
0: too thank you (laughs) (laughs) so i want to thank gabby for being so brave and open and honest today as a mum it's always hard when you listen to your child talk about who they feel they need to be to make friends but the reality is it's something that all of us do and so listening to her process her life experience from last year and make sense of what she was doing and how it didn't serve her while relating it to what she's doing now it was incredibly affirming in some ways but also just human I guess in the way that all of us are always projecting out the image who we think people need us to be so that we can connect to them So I think the message I really want anyone to take from today's conversation is if you want to attract into your life the kind of friends that you want, the only way you're really going to do that is by being yourself. And the more you are yourself, the more opportunity you will get to have those friendships that you're looking for. So Gabby, thank you so much, my darling, for sharing. And I hope you are able to take that and Do with it what you need to do. So that's all for this series of Handbaggage Only. I'll be back with more episodes soon. But for now, I'd like to thank all of my guests for sharing their incredible life experiences with us, for talking about how they've navigated through their friendships in their ever-changing lives. I hope you've learned as much as I have from this series. And I hope that it's a comfort to you that we're all on this journey together. We're all experiencing life in our own way, making sense of things as we go. And I very much look forward to speaking to you all again soon. But for now, goodbye and thank you for listening. Handbaggage Only is presented by me, Suzette Shamoon. Produced by Amanda Redman and brought to you by Audear Communications please remember to rate and review the show and to leave a comment with any themes you would like us to explore. For more information, you can go to SuzetteShamun.com. See you next time.